Hey guys, it's Dan. Um, I'm really sorry, I'm not actually going to make it to the podcast record today. I've just been notified to a few pieces of software that really need updating and they're really not going to update themselves. Or, well, they are going to update themselves, but I do need to monitor them and just check those minor bug fixes. Really do sort out my small performance issues that I've had. So you can understand that I'm going to be quite busy, but don't worry, I've, I've asked my brother Tristan to come and help you out and, and look after you both. He's, he's an actor, so he's used to doing unpaid menial tasks, uh, so, so he'll be alright, he'll sort you out. So can you make sure that you tell him that, Rich, you've really got to be in bed by 8 o'clock tonight, no later. Charlie, make sure you finish your dinner, including the vegetables, they're the best bit. I've left my number on the fridge, so if you need anything you can get in touch. Uh, Mr and Mrs Gardner next door have got a spare key, if there's a problem. There's a tube of Pringles in the cupboard, which I got from an overgenerous deal which he can help himself to and if he's lucky one small beer in the fridge be on your best behavior don't let me down and i'll see you next week bye love you bye 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 love you we're gonna write a book about everything so many things that we can explore Documented in a series of podcasts I'm not sure what we're doing this for Flight 29's big book of everything Burn all the textbooks cause they're obsolete It's our attempt to rewrite history By making podcasts every other week Hi, I'm Charlie and I like reading books I'm Rich, and I make fat hooks. And I'm Tristan, Dan's brother, and I got all the looks. And we are collectively known as Flat 29, and this is Flat 29's Big Book of Everything, Chapter 34, Literature. Flat 29! Guys, raise your metaphorical hand in the air if you like reading. I hate reading. (laughs) (laughs) Why, Rich? Why? Tell us why you hate reading. Well, I'll tell you what it is. I know what it is, guys. It's the internet and modern technology. It's taken me for a ride. (laughs) I've got this ongoing thing that if I'm not doing something on the computer, it means I'm not contributing to my life. (laughs) And I need to get over that, I think. I think you do need to get over it. But what about your gardening and stuff? That's a bigger contribution to your life. Yeah, true. I think that since I've moved out... I am starting to appreciate that I, sh- you know, do other things than go on the computer and be a nerd. Um, something that might shock you is that I have got a A-level in English literature. Seriously? B-grade. Wow, that's more than I've got. That's solid, though. That's that's a solid result. I, I did really enjoy it. One of my um, high moments... <laughs> <laughs> was I had to do an essay um, and I didn't bother doing it until the night before and I did an one side of A4 and got an A. <laughs> that was wow. my high moment in education. What was the essay on? It was on um, one of John Keats's poems. I can't remember which one, but I got a bloody A. Was, it, was, the, was the teacher male or female, Rich? I mean, were you using it was your male? So you weren't using your boyish charms to uh, no, to score no, big on, no. on on teacher love. I used to be quite into that. Like when we got into a novel, I I always read it. I didn't do like the York notes, even though it took me ages to read it. I always did it. 
So something's happened between now and sort of 16, 17. So what's the best way to introduce him back into reading, though? I mean, if you're into your computers, maybe we could get you a Kindle. So the thing is, I can't see the point of a Kindle unless you're, say, a commuter or someone who reads, you know, out of your house. There's no point in sitting at home in an armchair reading a Kindle because you've got plenty of space to put the book. There's no need to have 300 books in one electronic device. Oh, there is, though. You'd think that there's no need to have, like, a million songs on one device, but clearly there is. Yeah, but you have that because it's portable and you take it out of the house, though, don't you? Yeah, sure, but for example, I recently had to read War and Peace in the preparation for a job I was doing, which is a bloody heavy big book, and it was the bane of my life for about three months when I was reading it. If I'd have had it on a Kindle, I'd have been skipping down the street. <laughs> but see, see, see there, Tristan, right there. You've been out of the house to skip down the street. Yeah, try and sell it to the people that don't go outside. If you have the book at home, it doesn't matter. It's if you're taking it somewhere, then there is a point to a Kindle. Sell the Kindle to agoraphobic people. That's what you're trying to say, Charlie. <laughs> it's an untapped market. <laughs> no one is really pitching anything to the agoraphobics, are they? No. <laughs> well, no, perhaps we should sell it to hoarders because then they can store as many electronic books as they like, but not actually fill up space in their house i think the kindle is a cool idea but i think i'm definitely not gonna buy one just to you know get back into reading because i think it it could end up being that i don't use it that much because i actually don't use um like an mp3 player that much when i go out sort of thing and listen to music on the go that much so i think generally rich we need to get you out the house more yeah we do really we just need to (laughs) plonk me outside yeah (laughs) and let yourself you know fend for yourself for a while tristan you have to read because you're a professional actor so it's your job to like literature and lump it. I'm I'm actually really <laughs> impressed that he had to, he actually read War and Peace rather than just pretending to, because yeah, I, I mean, did, I've read that know? and the last three hundred pages are completely unnecessary of what's a thousand pages or so of a book. So oh, you know, a thousand four hundred. I think you'll it find. depends on your edition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mine was in really small type, so it was only a thousand. I was obviously going for um, a, a big. Print. Yeah, I think you were, <laughs> but. Um, no, I, f- I found the peace bits really exciting, but the war bits were bloody awful. It's patchy, isn't it? It's a very historical account of the Napoleonic Wars, and it's quite tedious. But, other than work, Tristan, <laughs> do you read for fun? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's usually a sense of duty attached to it, like I have to read this because I'm doing this or something like that. Do you ever do like a job, but you haven't read the novel or something, or you've not read it, or you've got the York notes and you're just winging it? Uh, I'm too much of a geek to do that. Uh, you take your job very seriously and actually do your character research (laughs) well that's good really isn't it we should applaud we should we should yeah i mean we don't but we should i've been doing my research for this job tonight i've been listening back to our podcast and uh yeah seeing how we work (laughs) seeing what makes us tick and now the magic is gone seeing behind the curtain so how's that going so far uh i don't know it's a bit overwhelming guys i'd like to contribute more but i'm still a bit starstruck so we'll see well you know you're doing great you know dan he's not all he's cracked up to be (laughs) 
Um, no, he isn't. Is sometimes he? he's unreliable. A lot of the time. Sometimes he punches Charlie in the face. It's true, he does. You don't hear that on the podcast, so we edit those bits out. He's an abusive taskmaster. <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> he is. You don't hear this, but Dan rules the podcast with a rod of iron. No, I can, I can readily imagine that. Who's taken over that position this week? I'm in charge this week. Charlie deflects it onto the listenership. That's <laughs> where Charlie true. denounces it's the true. listenership. But really, all the anger and hatred comes from Dan. It's true. He winds me up with his idiocy and, and his uh, weird, obsessive demands that I do certain things during the podcast recording. Like what? Well, there was one time I had to uh, do the in- entire entire podcast in a costume, which I, I don't want to go into description of, but it was it was weird for all concerned, I think. I mean, I know Rich felt very uncomfortable. Was that when he made you ride a ruffle as well? Yeah, yes, Rich, he did. <laughs> Any chance to say that? No, <laughs> it's well. true. You love your ruffle <laughs> Talking about a subject, going off topic a bit. Dan says something funny, Charlie laughed and so did Rich. How can we make ebooks more exciting? I mean, if you think about it, at the moment, all they seem to be is a device that holds hundreds of books and then replicates the printed page as closely as possible. That's not going to appeal to the kids. I mean, that's why no one's reading anymore. So what we really need is to make them more exciting to the youth demographic. How can we do that? How about we could get the author to actually come and visit you and read it to you right there and then. So, like, um, you're in bed at night and you fancy reading a bit of... He's alive, he's an author. Um, Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry. And he comes around your house and he reads you a bit of his book. Maybe, like, one free chapter. Yeah, but the problem is, Fry would be so bloody self-effacing. It would be infuriating. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that'd be brilliant, though, wouldn't it? That's a bad example. He'd have to prefix every chapter with a massive apology for reading it. You're right, you're right. There could be drawbacks to this. But I like it in principle, because, you know, I I, I, I I, could do that. You know, I could, I quite happily sit as I drift off to sleep, have an author talk to me. See, the upside of this is you might get, like, a sexy time, because... J.K. Rowling will come round and read some Harry Potter <laughs> while you go to bed. That is the first sexy author I would go to, so J.K. <laughs> it's the only author I know, Tristan. I've got a very small <laughs> library to feed from. Yeah. Well, we it's basically, it's not really going to work, is it? Because there's only one Stephen Fry... And how the hell is he going to get round? He's going to have an incredible workload. Yeah. We're going to have to start, like, hiring imposters to fill in. I used to have a music teacher who looked a bit like Stephen Fry. He was called Steve Pogson. Uh, he could come round. Yeah. That'd be good. Have Stephen Fry lookalikes and they could put on a tape. Not a CD. They could put on a cassette of, of Stephen Fry reading. And then they could sit there and mouth the words to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, they just come, they come round to mine. <laughs> yeah, but they'd be there and they'd hold the book and they'd sit down and they would, you know, look at you in a comforting man- manner and then they would just mouth the words from a cassette player. <laughs> That'd be really freaky, though, having someone <laughs> mime at you next to your bed. How is it any different from having a stranger in your house reading to you as you fall asleep? Yeah, but at least they're actually reading to you and not just get, like, <laughs> miming. <laughs> it's part of the experience. I love it. Like, they, they get a bit of thirst and they just have a cup it. of tea mid-sentence and you like break the yeah. break the magic of it I can't of think of anything creepier than a guy just mouth 
mouthing the words of an audio book. Could he like whisper them in an aggressive way, like um, like how Jim Morrison always double tracks his vocals on the Doors songs, <laughs> yeah. just have an aggressive whisper? I, I think he could, Tristan. <laughs> I think he could. But what we could do was, like we said, there's only one author, so you have to pay lots of money for the book if you want them to come around as well. Mm. But if you get the looky-likey, you get the cheap version. Can you get it cheaper if they come with advertising, say, on their T-shirt? You know, if they had an advert for something, would that reduce the cost further? How much would that freak you out if you're just drifting off to sleep in Fry's arms and out of nowhere he jumps up and starts doing Silit Bang? (laughs) Stephen Fry, because he loves Apple, is quite widely known. He would come in like he wouldn't actually say the advert, but he'd come in a suit made of iPads or something. Yeah, with an iPod <laughs> round his neck and a Mac up his ass. I once had to dress up as an Apple Core. Did you? Um, for a, it was one of the lowest points of my life. It sounds. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was for a. Um, it's for a police fun day about picking up litter. What was fun about that? Well, basically, I I had to walk around picking up litter with kids for a bit with a long pole. And then uh, after a while, I just did a penalty shootout with them in the Apple Core suit. (laughs) Oh, nice. And that's when I knew I wanted kids. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like, and that's when you want to be an actor. (laughs) So is this last week? (laughs) (laughs) No, this is in Birmingham. Is this this because times are hard being a professional actor? Oh, we all have to do these things. That was. It could have been worse. One guy was. There's another freakishly tall man being a cigarette butt. And uh, uh, if you push that guy over, it's very difficult for him to stand up again. Oh, well, his arm's trapped to his side. Pretty much, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> that wasn't a fun afternoon. The problem is, if you're an, if you're an actor and um, you don't want to get typecast as a cigarette, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's not really played anything other than cigarettes since. <laughs> It's time for another flat 29 hit A comedy song and then we'll talk for a bit Damn girl, you're looking flat 25 But when we're in the club, we're dropping flat 20 rhymes When we're in the club, we're dropping flat 20 rhymes And when we're eating breakfast, dropping flat 20 rhymes And when we're in the bath, dropping flat 20 rhymes Now on this podcast, drop some flat 20 rhymes Flat 20 Rhymes is the section where, for each chapter, we make a brand new song about the topic This week, it's me and I've done a song about books. I was looking up some knowledge on a wiki website when my internet went down. It's the future, that ain't right. Confronted with the black screen and nowhere else to look. I had to kick it old school, that's right. I read a book. At first it was confusing with no links for me to click. But soon I got the skills, I nailed that page turning trick. Beginning with the flyleaf, dedication and a note I pushed forward through the forward like I had used a remote Next there came the contents with some numbers and a list They tempted me with promises that I could not resist Directions to some info and two chapters in a novel I got hooked on possibilities, my brain started to boggle The rush of information, all the knowledge from the past A treasure trove of answers to all the questions I could ask from that day on I vowed to spread the joy my heart was feeling I'll pull the plug on techno files Cause they should all be reading Everyone should be reading There's knowledge you can find Everyone should be reading These books will blow your mind Everyone should be reading 
There's this knowledge you can find Everyone should be reading These books will blow your mind My newfound love of reading took a tight hold of my life The books, they fought against me, paper cut me like a knife But I soon became an addict, withdrawal would make me rage I would shake and sweat and swear until I read a content page but that is not to say that I lost all my enjoyment I knew shit that no one else did I became almost clairvoyant There's far too much to read about the Nancy Young Buffet But I ain't the one complaining I'll tell you my perfect day I started off with flyers, then a poster, then a card I then moved on to booklets I read with no regard Next I picked up pamphlets and some leaflets in a bunch I multitasked that literature, I read it over lunch my afternoon was crazy cause I bought some magazines I read them back to back Ah oh, shit, I'm a machine! But this was not enough, I had withdrawal again So I went for the payload, I joined the Bodleian Everyone should be reading There's knowledge you can find Everyone should be reading These books will blow your mind Everyone should be reading There's knowledge you can find Everyone should be reading These books will blow your mind Everyone should be reading There's knowledge you can find Everyone should be reading These books will blow your mind Everyone should be reading There's knowledge you can find Everyone should be reading These books will blow your mind So, in preparation for this podcast, I uh, had a look through my old uh, English books at primary school for some of my first forays into the world of literature and I thought I'd share some with you now. I'm excited by this, an actor sharing his uh, you know, previous dramatic outpourings. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, this should be good. Yeah, good. it's worth saying that they're very much performance poems. Oh, are they? Brilliant. Performance, yeah. So, this is Poetry Corner. Tristan, would you like to come to the stage and read us one of your creative works? Sure. This one is very seasonally called Bumfire Night. Uh, it's dated 9th of the 10th, 97. Ooh, kicking it old school. Here we go. We made a body out of old sheets and scraps. We stuffed the sheets together and tied him up with straps. We tied the curtains to him and then we struck a match. We tied him to the bonfire. That's all. That's that. Ah. <laughs> so, so I've, I've, that I've already... That's, no, that's nice. That's the first. That's the first. Oh, there's more. There's oh, more. I was going to say that that was fairly conclusive. But, uh, I quite like that as a short one in a way. That's yeah. that's that's a nice little poem just in one stanza. I like that. That's all. That's that. It's a very poetic maxim. Yeah, it is. And yeah. also, like I thought, it's quite funny because like you're talking about like sort of preparing him for the slaughter, but then it's just that's that. You know, when really it's like a horrific tale. Oh, well, it, get, it gets more horrific, you see. The, oh, let, it does it. Let's let you carry on. Yeah, the, that's all that that is, is to lull you into a false sense of security. Ah. And then I say, and then I, the second stanza I hit you with, everyone gathers around the fire. I watch the guy's face bathed in a sheet of fire. Whoa. I wonder about this terrible deed. Now everything's better and there's no need for gunpowder and dynamite. Bang! 
definitely not at two degrees. It's bonfire night, it's two degrees, all the people start to freeze. So we chuck them on one by one and that's the end of everyone. Whoa. I like that for many reasons. Firstly, you've got a rhyme mid-sentence. I mean, that's just... That's beautiful. Sophistication beyond my years there. And then secondly, yeah. you've got your representative of two degrees to make sure we know how cold it is. I mean, that's just a beautiful literary device. Yeah. Um, and then you just chuck everybody on the bonfire. <laughs> so, I mean, that's really quite fatalistic. I mean, how old were you when you wrote this? That was 97. I would have been nine. Okay, so you were... Well, that's that's very young to really be getting such a sort of downcast and downtrodden view of the world. I like yeah. to I like to think of it in a graph format with genocide plus it plotted against time, and it's like an exponential curve. It starts off just like that's all, that's that, and then whoa. Jack them all on. I found one that's slightly more cynical now that I think perhaps dates from a couple of years later. There's no oh. date attached to it. Oh, so there's a, there's a, a, a possibility you were perhaps kicking in some sort of teenage hormones here and cynicism was certainly, kicking in. Certainly. Certainly. I see. Okay, I won't say too much more about it. I'm going to let the language speak for itself. Nice. Uh, I think it recounts the tale of a school trip. So, it's called The Snores Come Blues. Evelyn was muddy. The stream was green. All the teachers... <laughs> They were really keen. We walked and walked <laughs> for miles and miles. It gets quite boring jumping over stiles. We went the wrong way. Our feet were aching. The teacher just cried, Oh, quit your faking. Uh, possibly had some African American teachers. <laughs> I think you're faking. Um, <laughs> Is that like the guy on Family Guy, like the news reporter <laughs> <Yeah>. guy? <laughs> Uh, okay and the next one this is my favourite stanza actually puts me in the mind of um, John Cooper Clark a little bit okay Uh, okay so it's again it's got the same narrative arc it's building on our trip to the stream finally when we got to the stream the guy had a minibus to our disgust uh, that's, that's a terrible rhyme. Is that the bus end? I don't know why we're furious about the bus. But yeah, yeah, that's not your greatest work. We're getting there. It hasn't quite climaxed yet. Uh, okay. okay. We caught Danielle and Dan kissing in the dorms. Everyone told everyone they wished they were not born. Whoa, what a reaction. Which, that's a harsh like, reality for them. Wasn't it? I think that's the teenage me. Struggling to get a girlfriend there, hitting out at the world. <laughs> all, the, all the angst came out in yeah. one stanza. I think that's it, because afterwards I can't even be bothered to finish the poem. All I put is, on the way back we sang rude songs. It wasn't very easy to have some fun. <laughs> Brilliant. Which Brilliant. is terrible, which applies the kind of grammatical rules used ineffectually by blues singers. <laughs> the teacher's written afterwards oh dear <laughs> Tristan were you actually tasked to do it as a poem or was it just coming out like a poem they just said like I'll write yeah. up about the field trip um, you know on the one side of A4 and he was like no I need to put this in rhyming format I need yeah. to get this across <laughs> let's find a new quiz quiz my previous quiz Left me for another quiz Let's find a new quiz quiz So we can replace Champs and Champs 
Let's Find a New Quiz Quiz is the section where we have a quiz and we're looking for one to replace the classic Champs and Chumps, which, dear to our heart as it was, is no longer with us. So we're looking for something to replace that. And this week, Rich has come up with a quiz, which is... Rich, explain it to us. Okay, this week, guys, basically, I'm going to deliver a quiz to you in the format of a short story. Ooh. I've been reading the dictionary a lot this week. Why? <laughs> to, to, um, to prepare for this quiz, but no ordinary dictionary... It's the dictionary of rhyming slang. Oh, I love it already. Great. <laughs> this is not something I know. So basically, I've written you a short story with, and I've replaced some normal words with rhyming slang in the story. So how this Yummy. is going to work is I'm going to read the story and I'm going to stop every time I've read out a bit of rhyming slang. And then you guys, you have to shout the correct word in English that that translates to. So it's basically like apples and pears stairs, Mm -hmm. for example. And you just have to shout it out and whoever's first scores the point. And there's 10 points to get in this story. 10 points, my goodness. 10 points. Right. Does everyone understand the rules? I think so. Yes. Okay. So I shall begin. Once upon a time, there was a cockney in London who liked to perform a variety of mundane tasks in order to facilitate a rhyming slang-based quiz for the Flat 29 podcast. Every morning, the cockney woke up and had a gypsy's kiss. <laughs> Piss. Yes, one oh, point to Charlie. Good one. I thought I was thinking, are we supposed to buzz in? Should I have a buzzer sound? Tristan, I've stated Tristan, the rules at the it's just, of this. It's just yell. <laughs> okay. Okay, Tristan, you. you just yell, but I'm afraid yeah. that one goes to Charlie. I'll pick the story up. Every morning, the cockney woke up and had a gypsy's kiss. Before- Piss. Okay. We've already scored that point. Tristan. I should explain. Oh, no. I'm going to go back a bit to make because some of these words come mid sentence. So I'll go back a little bit, and it's when I say it's the continuity. New it's good. Okay. It's it's good. Con- okay. That's my little continuity bit. Okay. <laughs> Every morning, yeah, I know what you're going to do now. Every morning, the cockney woke up and had a gypsy's kiss. Yes. <laughs> Before walking down the stairs to have his cup of sticky toffee. Coffee. Oh, I'm gonna have that to give me that by to Charlie. I think <laughs> was that marginally Charlie. That though, was marginally Charlie, but that was close. You mean marginally? I was well ahead. That was close. Oh. Okay, on with the story. Then, to get ready for work, he thought he ought to tidy up his appearance with a quick dig in the grave. Shave! Oh Oh my god, he's He's on fire! I didn't know you were this well-versed in rhyming slang. (laughs) Nor did I. (laughs) Right, I'll do my continuity thing again. (laughs) Then, to get ready for work, he thought he ought to tidy up his appearance with a quick dig in the grave and a lemon squash. Wash! Wash! That one goes to Charlie again. He's on fire this week. He's the fastest cotton in the West. I know, in the East. Um, Okay. Because he was late for the treble and fuss... Bus! Yes, Tristan. Nice one. Points to Tristan. Treble and fuss, bus. Because he was late for the treble and fuss, he had to take the smash and grab... Cab! Yeah! That was so close. That's a draw. To me, that's a no, draw. No, come on. That was me. That was me. You get a point each for that. Okay. So smash and grab cab. So he had to take a smash and grab into the centre of time. 
When in town, he met a graduate friend of his who had a Desmond. What? 2-2. Yeah, you got oh, it. shit. Yes, Ooh, it's Desmond 2-2, um, like the graduation thing. So, when in town, he met a graduate friend of his who had a Desmond, and they went to the pub for a Mahatma Gandhi. Shandy. Yeah, Tristan. That's not a beverage that you can have in a pub. Well, it is, Charlie. He should man g- up. I was going <laughs> to go for an actual alcoholic drink, but I thought Mahatma Gandhi sounded quite funny. Okay, so come on, Tristan. Try and try and get some back in this last sentence. There's two more points yeah. up for grabs. By this okay. stage, they were pretty drunk, and they were in the mood for a tug of war. Whore. Yes. Nice one, yes. Tristan. <laughs> But, unfortunately, they had run out of pie and mash. Cash. Cash. Oh, I guess that goes to Charlie, I'm afraid. He's oh, in there. shit. And that concludes a Cockney story. <laughs> and Boom. I think this week, it's fair to say that Charlie won. Oh, well yeah. done, Charlie. Yeah. If you just look back over the audio there and just take out the quiz element, that's... <laughs> I love that. So such a simplistic and uh, sort of <laughs> the conclusion is that they didn't have enough cash for a whore. Well, the thing was, 80... it's brilliant in its simplicity. I, I mean, that, that's its strength, Tristan. <laughs> I was writing the story and I thought, well, eighty percent of this has just been how he's like having a shave and missed the best. I need to make it more exciting. Yeah, skip the to end. the whore. <laughs> it's just not racing. It's brilliant, it's brilliant. Yeah, great. (laughs) So, guys, are we going to carry on with this quiz? No. No, I don't think so. Um, I think... Too racy. It's too sexy at the end. I think it needs to be sexy all the way through, or not sexy at all. (laughs) It wasn't constantly sexy. The the intermittent sexiness is is too much. We we need to have either constant sexiness or drought. Yeah, full on romp, or just get rid of it altogether. Yeah, readers, the listeners, readers, listeners need to know what they're being let in for. I mean, don't tease them. (laughs) You're going to inspire palpitations with that, which yeah, can't be any good for anyone. I think what Tristan's trying to say is don't tease them with a whore. <laughs> yeah, especially if they don't have the funds to uh, purchase one. That's true, that's true. As we've heard in that tale. Okay, yeah. well, let's pop it in the quiz bin. Okay, chuck it in the quiz yeah. bin and we'll come up with something else for next time. Hooray! <laughs> So clearly the life goal of anybody in Flat 29, or pretty much anybody, is to have enough stuff in their life to write their own autobiography. How are we going to name the chaps of our autobiography? We need to keep it exciting for the readers. How are we going to make our lives exciting? What are we going to break our autobiography down to? I was on tour in a show where I was playing musical instruments last year, and I had a... Uh... Good think I was keeping a tour diary and I had a good think about, uh, quite arrogantly, about how I would uh, start writing my autobiography. So, brilliant. I thought, I, so I basically came up with a string of music instrument puns. I thought chapter one could be called Spare Us a Tenor. Ah, that's good. I like that. Then uh, chapter two, chapter two, Back to Basics. Ah, bass classic. Back to Basics. How about that? My favourite. Right, this one, you had to really pay attention to this one. It works on several levels, but it works on two levels, like most puns. If you've got it, 
flautist. Oh, that's terrible. No. Uh, <laughs> that's terrible that's on so cool. many levels. Sure, sure. I like it, but it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Drumming up some interest. Nice. Nice, yeah. Check out my sax appeal. <laughs> Keeping it classy, yeah. What I'd like to hope is that all of these things aren't... Because normally you have a cheeky pen title and then it's quite a... Which is like out there when the actual thing's quite ordinary sort of thing. So I like to think some of the literal things of these things like where you said paying for sacks and that's actually yeah. about when you scored <laughs> you know went with a prostitute or something rather than it being about your life and music what but it turned out she was a really good musician or, yeah, or something like that you paid for sex but in fact she did a 20 minute sax solo and you were like oh <laughs> this is not what I paid for I was thinking they usually have like a humorous title don't they in autobiography and what that sort of sums it all up about them what could we have for each of us what would be the thing that sums us up like Charlie Mosserson having some laughs you know <laughs> not that but something funny mine would be rags to riches oh that's perfect uh, well, of course it would yeah wouldn't it be something like you know mine would probably be sort of flat 29's big book of shamelessly cashing in on a fad <laughs> yeah yours would be called the Mosserson procession ooh that's I like that sounds regal would it have just a photo of me with a crown on the cover it would it would be a bit like the Apex Twin picture for his album, so there'd just be you, and then there'd be loads of other people, like pregnant women and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, grossly overweight people, but all with your face. Oh, I was hoping everyone was going to be bowing down and, you know, sort of scraping to me as I stood there, regal, holding my scepter and crown. Yeah, I thought you'd have a, cr- a crown off on the wonk, a scepter, and the rest of you is like a furry pimp outfit. I think my autobiography should be called On the Wonk. <laughs> <laughs> Tristan Pate on the wonk. I, it's got I like a ring that. to it. Actually, that could be a TV show, couldn't it? Yeah, it could actually. <laughs> I don't know what it'd be like. So now it's time for on the wonk with Tristan Pate. Yeah, it would be set in a studio where everything is at sort of um, <laughs> forty-five degree angles. And uh, <laughs> what? And you've got kind of a gangster lean going on for the entire time. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to put the guests on edge, so they're not really thinking straight when we do interviews and things. And so the only thing that's actually on the wonk is the set and the rest of the show is just a normal show it's just always slightly <laughs> on the one yeah well there's no zony questions there's no kind of coming at it from a side ankle it's straight down the middle but the set's slightly tilted yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but everything's not everything's tilted to a slightly different degree just so the whole thing's really unsettling to the eye sure at home if you if you find it too much you can just put your TV on the wonk and it'll straighten out yeah you could have the best promos for that because you can just get all sorts of really influential figures standing there looking really serious and going hi I'm such and such and I'm on the wonk yeah and then the camera zooms out and they're you know on the edge of a steep cliff or something I like this could be like a cutting edge sort of like kids type show or something maybe it's like, almost like a youth version of Dispatches yeah but like <laughs> I, I also would love on to, the wonk I'd love to hear the pitch for this show because basically it's right we're going to do a show called on the wonk yeah you've seen Graham Norton you've seen him work a room you know you've seen uh, Jonathan Ross imagine all those slightly on the Just wonk on the wonk <laughs> That's it. And they're like, whoa, this is new. Instant commission. Well, um, how about like in front, like, you know, you get like on like channels, like they have the number of the channel up in the corner or the logo. In on the wonk, there's a translucent protractor 
on it so you can see at what degree the show is on the one. And you text in, the viewers text in the degree that they want it to be wonked. What, you mean they saying there's a hydraulic platform and they can just twist everything a bit more? Yeah, you put those on premium phone lines, everyone's having fun. It's tipping left and right like a pirate ship. It'd be excellent. And then kind of after, between each segment you can just go, let's see how wonky we are now. <laughs> Send us an email whenever you can. I know you're really busy deleting your spam. Podcast at flat29.com and why not jazz it up with an emoticon? Or a lolcat. Shut, Shut up, up lolcat. So, that was Flat29's Big Book of Everything, Chapter 34 on Literature. Thanks very much to our guest host, Tristan Pate, for coming along today. And we will see you again in two weeks for our next chapter. See you then. Bye! Bye! Bye. Flat29's Big Book of Everything Another topic down, a million's to go We've covered that in enormous detail There's nothing else you could possibly want to know This is, I've got a house point for this one, it's called What If Last night, I couldn't go to sleep As the what ifs inside me start to creep Out of my ear and onto the floor, they crossed the carpet towards the door. And jumping and dancing all night long, they sang their same old what-if song. What if I have a horrid dream? What if for tea there's just a bean? What if I start to take a drug? What if mum... What if mum pulls out the plug? (laughs) I don't know what that one means at all. (laughs) You can't want to turn off the TV or something so you can't watch it. Was that the bath or the life support machine? I'm not sure. (laughs) That's your Nintendo going off at nine. There's no, no no video games after nine at all. That's true. That was a rule in our house. But yeah. it does put, put one in the mind of a life support machine. Yeah. <laughs> I like to imagine it. I'm writing it on my uh, nine-year-old deathbed. Um, <laughs> what if I'm getting smaller? What if Alex is even taller? That's my insecurity in my relationship with my sister there. Everything's... Who's <laughs> not that tall? <laughs> Everything seems swell. The nightmare what if strike again and that's the end of that, so yeah. Oh, is that <laughs> well, that's kind end? of a lackluster finish, isn't it? I think maybe yeah. maybe it was you breaking the narrative form to explain stuff and mock, but uh it didn't have quite the same punch as the last line there than <laughs> I thought it was gonna work. be no, no everything seems swell. The what ifs hell or something. I thought you were getting yeah. in for a hell rhyme, but I could have used Can we rewrite uh, that? an editor. <laughs> yeah, let's go back. I'll tell you what, I'm going to put that in there now. It's never <laughs> too late to improve your work, is it? You know, That's true, yeah. you can always edit earlier work. Poetry's dynamic. Way. It's ever-flowing. <laughs>